Thatcher Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Max Orland, Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. You've got just four weeks left to go in your fantasy footy season. And for some, it couldn't come quick enough the end, while others, 2020's been a pretty good year. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel, and round 15 is pretty much about 24 hours away from getting underway to talk through all the big issues of round 14 and that which is going to affect us heading into round 15. I've got Kane on board. Hello, buddy. Hello, MJ. Mate, it's a fascinating week. Sunday night, lockout lifts. Some very, very happy people, uh, certainly amongst the Coaches Panel too, with where they find themselves in a rankings perspective at the moment. But then within 48 hours of lockout lifting, in fact, less than that, about 40 hours between lockout lifting and this new round starting, and then to probably throw it even worse, in you know, some other stuff in the mix, we end Friday night's lockout late. Saturday, the games are back underway again. Yeah, it's that thick and fast point of the season that we've, you know, we've had one go at now, but it's obviously heightened, MJ, at this point of the season. Trades are few and far between. Yeah. Injuries seem to be more prevalent as players, you know, have their seasons called to an end. And we throw into the fact that we're trying to govern, you know, league finals versus overall overall rank. We haven't had to worry about that in the past. You know, usually by the time at this point of the season, everyone in our side's available. But unfortunately, with the way this season's panned out, it's not the case this year. No, certainly not the case. And for this week, uh, coaches, this is the week of pain for, for many, many coaches, with the exception to AFL Fantasy. We'll get to that format in just a second. But right now, in Dream Team and Supercoach, it is best 18 uh, players on the field for you this week. And none of your Cats, Suns, Kangaroos, Port, Saints, or Bulldog players will count towards your overall scores. Uh, For many coaches, that is a week of pain that we'll talk about shortly. Well, for AFL Fantasy, all of those clubs, you'll be awarded the averages of those players on the premise that they played round 14. So, an interesting one, and maybe we'll talk about AFL Fantasy first before we get to Dream Team and Supercoach, is someone like a Ben Kavara, who's got a reasonable average, he won't be eligible for those points on field because he didn't play last week. Whereas someone like a Jackson McRae, who's got an average of 92.9, he will. And on the topic of McRae... Is he just the guy that you leave the captaincy on this week and don't try to run the vice-captaincy loophole? Or, or, you know, 93 is normally not amazing, but it's, what, around about the 115-ish sort of mark in the old days. Is that good enough, or or should we have a couple of options in our teams that we should be able to go aggressive against it? No, I feel like you can go aggressive with two shots and some of the matchups we've got coming up this week and just some of the form, you know, that we've got from some players. Yeah. Obviously, some coaches will have Lockie Neal. Some coaches will have, you know, Max Gorn against Sydney. You know, that's the type of matchup that a lot of people, if you've got the ability to have a crack at him and see what he does, I think there's a few people that will just take that chance. You know, some of the form we've had with the likes of Zach Merritt, yeah. Matt Crouch before his bye, you know, albeit not a great matchup for Merritt against West Coast, but if you've just watched the way he's playing, yeah, he's, he's more than capable at pulling something big out. So as good as a 93 years, yeah. Um, I feel like there's probably an opportunity to take a chance and maybe pinch, you know, five or ten extra points. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Look, and, and the fact that you've got 
Tom Mitchell, who, who's one of the most highly owned AFL fantasy players in the game, around about 45% of teams, coming up against the Crows, who have been giving up the most points to pretty much every line all year. Like, that's very, very difficult to pass up. And then you should have one of a, a Neil type, a Gaff type, a, a Merritt type. Uh, even some of the GWS boys, now that we know that uh, Josh Kelly is um, more than likely to miss this week. Callan Ward's still not quite back. There's still plenty of midfield opportunities for those boys. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't think really there's worth... Yes, it's safe, but safety's not going to make a win for you in a league final which AFL Fantasy do have the other formats. It's pretty much a, a league-free round. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's the week to go after. And it's probably not the week to um, to trade out Todd Goldstein either in AFL Fantasy. The reason I say that in the other formats, it's something we can have a discussion about. But he's averaging 83 in that format. And given what he's been delivering of late, just bank that 83 and do all your other moves around it. Yeah, I, I agree, MJ. What are you going to trade him to? What, what are you going to? What are you hoping to get in return yeah. to make that move worthwhile? Again, maybe twenty points. Yeah, you know, maybe at, at the absolute best. But I feel like, as you said, take your eighty-three and use the trades elsewhere. You know, you can find more than twenty points. Whether it's going down to give yourself the ability to go all the way up, or even just positioning yourself for future weeks. I just yeah. feel like. As you said, a Goldstein with an 83 coming in, the form he's been in, you'd happily take that and move on. Yeah, I think so too. Um, on the topic of AFL Fantasy, are there any players or moves that are really catching your eye this week? Well, I think your main point, MJ, is moving the players on that who might be in great form and you might have used them as a stepping stone, but their average is not reflective of the score you want to take. Like Mark Lissard has been a player in AFL Fantasy that a lot of coaches have used but with an average under 60, he's not really a guy that you want to have this week. And that's where I think for his price, it's very easy to move to a guy like a Nick Haynes for not much cash. Or even his teammate, Tom Stewart, not that far up. And just banking 15 points you know, right off the bat. Yeah. And you'll obviously get that cash generation as well. So I think there's some, some players that... You know, Is you Luke McDonald really... one of those? Like he, He's priced right up high. Uh, at, at nearly 800000 773 His most recent form is as good as anybody else, like averaging 96 in his last five. But his average is just the 73.4. And so, look, he's not going to lose money, but he's also not giving you the return of what you'd hoped. Would you be tempted in that format to maybe run him down to potentially a, a Zach Williams, who was okay on the weekend, but it, the Giants do have a great fixture? pocket yourself nearly the 200k and, and move elsewhere? MJ, if you've got you something else in the other line and you think you're going to make it up, possibly. The hard thing with McDonald is he's so red hot that you want him for those remaining three rounds after this. Yeah. Like, he has the ability. We spoke about it the other week. He's reeled off almost three 150 DT scores in years past. And by that this year, it's, you know, in the 120 range. Like, no one is doing that in his current climate outside of him and Lloyd. You know, Laird had yeah. the one Matthew game and he's been very solid. But Luke McDonald is just on fire every single week. So again, in the scheme of four, four rounds, if this is his lowest of the 73, mm. I'm probably again going to look elsewhere and see what I can do to get more than, you know, five to 10 points. And even in the Zach Williams situation, we know with him, you know, he's more suited to that super coach 
style game. Yeah. So again, it, it is really tricky because you're probably still, you know, looking to upgrade maybe your last premium on the field. Yep. Um, and that's where the temptation comes from. Like you said, MJ, if you're going to pocket nearly 200 K to redistribute elsewhere, um, obviously the hard thing as well in AF is that they get the score and it actually affects their price. So it's not like you can just think you can get Luke McDonald back for the same price the following week. You know, yeah. he's going to be probably going up a little bit as well. So yeah, it's a fascinating format and it's, it's really interesting because it's just changed, you know, how we think about buy rounds and, mm. and again, weighing up that risk reward. Like you said, with Goldstein, an 83 is great. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, Luke McDonald in his current form, it is a little bit underwhelming to get a 73. But in the scheme of things, it's still a very, you know, competent score for a defender. Yeah, I I, um, I tend to agree with that. Look, if that extra 200,000, you can make it up. Sure, fine. But uh, you're this unique point as a Luke McDonald owner, where just 3.3% of coaches own him. And he is, alongside Lloyd, like you said, the most informed defender. It, it's a it's one poor week um, for what will be likely three more weeks of 80-plus scores. Just the amount of possessions he's getting. Uh, he's just walking out of the goal square every time to get that sneaky plus three from the goal square. So, yeah, I, I couldn't really advocate for doing that, although I can understand some of the temptation around it. Let's talk about Dream Team and Supercoach, though. Best 18, and for a lot of coaches, this is a really tricky week to navigate and could be further compounded by some injuries. Unfortunately, it looks like Josh Kelly won't get up, suffering that from concussion, and that's just bad luck for the coaches that brought him in because it was the right move. He had the right run of players. He had the right ownership, right scoring ceiling. It's just bad luck. Luke Ryan is another who looks unlikely at this stage, given it's a short turnaround week uh, of matches for Fremantle, and they come up against Richmond, which, again, is a perfect matchup for defenders. You know he would be absolutely incredible in that game from a scoring perspective. But it is a difficult week, isn't it, Kane? Because we're going to be losing through our midfield. Duncan, Dangerfield, Took Miller's a unique for some. Um, we're going to be missing a Boak, Steele, McRae, Hunter, Bontempelli. That's just through the midfield. In our ruck line, Marshall, Goldstein, potentially you're looking to move them on anyway. In the forward line, it's Bailey Smith, Jai Simpkin, uh, are, are probably the two leading options, although you might have one of the port guys Hugh rolling Greenwood through as there. Well. Hugh and Greenwood is really the forward. Really popular and been a great pick. Yeah, then into the back line, a Tom Stewart probably leads the charge of all our defenders back there and a Luke McDonald, who we just alluded to. So, And Caleb Daniel, to be fair, should be included in that. But our mids and our forwards especially... Uh, they're hit hard, and then the cows that we would be banking on to cover them in a Kavara, Bytel, Buderick, close, they're all off this week too. Yeah, I just want to backtrack one sec on that Josh Kelly stuff. Mm. And it was a great, it's a great point because there will be a lot of coaches feeling really flat right now after that move. And, you know, it really would have, you know, hurt your round, especially when you, most people spent a trade to get him in. Yeah. And they probably moved on around 15 player to try to help themselves in this coming round. And now to have him out is, is really, really, you know, disappointing. Yeah. And, um, then you just can't, you know, drop your head though. Cause as, as you said, it was the right move. Yeah. And everything was trending for that move. You probably were going to make 50, 60 points on the player that you traded out. He was yeah. on track for a 130, 140 um, score across all the formats really. Yeah, he was um, fine. 
So I just don't want people to get, you know, be nervous of pulling the trigger on another move. Yeah. Because this one blew up. And it is it is really hard at this point of the season because there's not many trades left. You're scrambling for bodies. Um, but I just wanted to say, people who did that move, chin up. It happens. Yep, absolutely. It's really unfortunate. It shouldn't affect your decision-making going forward, even though I know it's easy to let it. Yeah. And um, especially when you had a plan to attack this week on the back of it and use him. But like you mentioned, that's a lot of quality. That's and a the lot. The thing that comes out to me is, what's your intention? Yeah. If you're, if you're all guns blazing for Leeds, you you're can probably going to have to sit on your chance, hands this week, yeah. which I know is hard, especially yeah. people who have a, a rank that they're pretty proud of. But we know a lot of our listeners are you know, really into their cash leagues and you know, they'd rather play for the money at this point of the season than you know, maybe that jumping a couple hundred spots in the ranks. So if yeah. you're playing for leagues, if that is your focus, you just have to relax. Yeah. With, with the trades you've got left, which I know is not many for many coaches, and a buy round in league... Mm. The only moves I'll be recommending is if they're players that are out long-term. Yep. And the reason we always say that is if you can do that move this week, great. Because if something happens in a future week or is in this week and it rolls into next week, now that's another trade that you have to use. And all of a sudden, you might be scrambling to field a side in that round. If you've got a long-term injury, if they say Josh Kelly's going to miss you Three, know, four two weeks, weeks yeah. Again, make that move now. You know, get a fresh body on the field who'll be able to help you in round sixteen and beyond. Yeah. Overall rank, it's just how much risk do you want to take? And I think the thing we've got to take advantage of as well is MJ. How many rookies have we got to use? Yeah. And what I mean by that is, if you've got a Trent Rivers, who you weren't banking on having, and now he's going to be on the field for you. Mm. And you've got, let's just say, a Tom Stewart. And your target for Tom Stewart is Nick Haynes. So you've got Trent Rivers on the field. He's playing. And let's just say he surprises again and he scores a mid-60s in DP. You could trade Tom Stewart to Nick Haynes. Maybe you try to net another 10, 15 points. But that's not really worth a trade. And I think what we've seen a lot of really smart coaches do is give as many players as they can a chance to score well and then trade if they are trying to replace a really poor score. Yeah. Because that's a really thing, you, a really tricky thing you can get away with. And I look at the teams that play early. Hawthorne and Adelaide kick off the round. Mm. So in defense, Will Day, who might be on people's benches. Yeah. Scholl, we could have Will Hamill back. We could have Jordan Butts. We could have Nick Henry. We yeah. could have Schoenberg. You might get really lucky. Yeah, they pop. And you might you might be banking on I'm going to have to trade Mitch Duncan sideways. I'm going to have to trade Bailey Smith sideways because I don't want to have a rookie score on the field. But you just give these guys a chance before you make a move because you might get really lucky and pop a massive score from a rookie. Correct. And then all of a sudden you don't have to burn that sideways trade. The thing with this round is MJ, and we know just speaking to people in the community that. People are actually struggling to get 18 bodies on the field this week. On the yeah. field. And that's where I think coaches that are pushing for over a rank, it's three, your three premiums that you can get to three other premiums that you're happy with yeah. if that's the case. If you've got 15 people, I see no reason to trade sideways a rookie to a rookie. No. Even as good as Riccardi's been. No. I know he's been incredible. If you're pushing for over a rank, you line up your three 
premium players that are on the sidelines, whether it's Duncan, Stewart, Simpkin, all the guys yeah. you mentioned, and you find that combination of three with the cash you've got in bank, you give yourself the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah. It's that it's that simple. If you're pushing for a raw rank, you've got to do that. And as I mentioned before, if you are lucky and you have even if you've only got twelve premiums playing, if you've got eight cows, let the cows have a go as long as you can. Yeah. Because the beautiful thing we know is those buyer players are not locked out until the final game of the round, which yeah. is Brisbane Collingwood. So maybe you're weighing up, like I said, in defense. Do I trade Tom Stewart to Nick Haynes? Or do I trade him to Laird? Mm. And maybe you think, well, I've got Will Hamill. I might as well just let him see if have his a name, go see how he goes. Yeah. And so, so you can take advantage of that rolling fixture in that sense. But I think it really is, you know, sort of that simple approach. If you're leagues, only do what you have to do, yeah. which is covering long term injuries, because it's not going to affect your league play this Correct. round. Overall, if you've got bodies by more than 18, I mean, give them everyone as much of a chance to play. Because even guys like Wix MJ on the weekend. He showed signs. Yeah. 56. We're probably only talking 20 to 30 points from who else you could have got to. Yeah. And really, we know if you get carnage late in the year, oh, yeah. you're going to make up more than that sideways in a player. You know, you're going to make up 70, 80 points yeah. if you're trading an injured premium to a premium that's on the field. So, I think it comes. It, it really is that simple. Now, the hard part, as we know, MJ, is can you catch lightning in a bottle in these four rounds? And when you're sideways that premium, where are you going? Well, that becomes the interesting one, isn't it? We, we've got four weeks left to go in the year. And for one player to have two or three great weeks or four weeks, in the you know grand scheme of the season, yeah, whatever. But as we've seen with someone like a Luke McDonald, if you can get it right and at the right time, it's huge. 12 months ago, it was a Toby Green. Everything went in his way. And now all of a sudden he became the must-have forward to end the year. Now, I know he didn't play the last round of the year, but he was the guy that was lowly owned, highly scoring, and became the perfect candidate. As we look at guys that could potentially be the lightning in the bottles on the run home, it feels crazy to say it. But I think Toby could be that guy yet again in the forward line. If you are still needing to complete your forwards, when you look at that run of GWS especially, the opportunities that could become available for him to pick up that odd midfield rotation, let alone the fact how potent he is inside forward 50. If someone said to me he was alongside Whitfield, one of the most top five or six scoring forwards over these next four weeks, I genuinely believe him. Yeah, and that's the TMJ. Like you said, you only need them for four games. Yeah. If, if I look at the last four games, some of the names that are up there in the forward line, if we just start on DP perspective, Jamie Elliott's averaging 75 in his last three. Yeah. Jordan Dawson's going at 83. Yeah. But again, it's only two games, but even Riccardi's going at 85. Like, yeah. you don't have to... It's, we're talking four rounds. It's so barely a sample Robbie size. Gray, Jordan Dawson, Shy Bolton in Supercoach. These exactly. are all guys that you're like, where have you come from? But in the top three or four rounds, they've been flying. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where, if you're making these sideways moves, you've got to go for guys that have a big ceiling. And ideally, if you can line it up with a matchup you think is favourable, mm. I think that's what, what gets really, really appealing. And, and GWS's fixture 
stands out massively. And it also stands out that if you're having that combination of overall and league focus, they've got the Crows in that round 16 First week of finals, yeah. Which is the first week when finals resumes for a lot of people. So that's awfully tempting for a lot of people. Again, the other factor you've got to look at now is you've got to start avoiding some of these tag targets for the big dogs. Yeah. We saw Matt DeBoer come out and absolutely clamp down Nat Five so much so that he ended up just basically being stationed in the Ford 50. Well, and I well think... let's talk about DeBoer too, just for names, just very yep. quickly while I do that. Cripps this week, Sloan more than likely the week after that. The week or be- a Laird, MJ. Laird. I, I do worry about a Laird with how well he's playing. That's a good he's call. going in the midfield. That's a very good call. Clayton Oliver in round 17. And then we even saw it a little bit on the weekend. But Jack Steele in the final round. Yeah, it's in- it's awful interesting. And again, I saw some people saying that Steele went to Oliver on the weekend. I didn't really see it like that personally in terms of a tag of no. Oliver. I think Oliver just wasn't getting the ball and obviously exploded in the second half. And obviously on the flip side, Jack Viney actually spent some time on steel. Yeah. On steel. So um, it's a really tricky one. And, and that's the type of thing that we know on the flip side, if you catch one absolute stinker, it hurts. if you're a Nat Pfeiffer and you get a 50, oh. Yeah. In a four-week stretch, M. Daler, you've really got to put in some heavy lifting on the other side to counter that. So, um, you know, the guys that jump out to me who just got some big form and a bit under the radar, like a yeah. Matt Crouch, it's it's incredible. I know years and years ago, Josh Kennedy was that guy that the last six to eight weeks of the season, yeah, he just came into his own. And, and Matt Crouch has a similar record for whatever reason. He He's always home. a guy that, you know, he hovers around that 110 range. But for some reason in the back end, these 150s start appearing in his scores. He just yeah. is that type of player that, you know, he's just got that sort of work rate around the ground, maybe when others are tiring or, or whatnot. He seems to feast. And a matchup against Hawthorne, there's not really going to be any defensive pressure no. going this way. Again, the bore against Adelaide is maybe a Laird, maybe a Brody Smith. Yeah. But really maybe even that's a week where GWS just play. Yeah. You know, that's it's that type of thing. It's it's the guys like an Oliver. Like I would be scared about an Oliver. Yeah, I would be too. If he's got a if he's got a DeBoer because DeBoer got a hold of him last year and absolutely yeah. you know, does him. what DeBoer does. That's the type of thing that that's a massive flag. I I'm not touching a guy like him as good as he is. Yeah. Again, even if he goes hundred, hundred, hundred that 50 in there, it just, it makes life awfully difficult. So yeah. I think you've got to capitalize on that. Again, Gaff, Gaff to me. He's got a good run. Just so handy. Yeah. Essendon don't do anything that's going to slow him him down in that sense. Bulldogs Again, the week the doggies, after that. Yeah. yeah, they just sort of roam around. and Saints, kangaroos, like the Roos are uh, up there with Adelaide at the moment. They're, they're just waiting to get to the end of the year. So he, he could feast in these final four weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. You've got, you're probably going to have to be looking for wins. You know, it's, just, yeah. it's very hard to catch lightning in the bottle with players if they're not winning. The, the exception is that Luke McDonald, but yeah. he's clearly benefiting, again, yesterday alone, the Suns kicked 19 behind. So that's just an absolute goldmine for Luke McDonald mm. who lurks around defence, taking a lot of the kickouts and, and the possession game that North Melbourne's playing. So for the most part, we know when a team wins big, Everyone gets involved on the fantasy point of view. And I think that's why for everyone, 
that Giants fixtures standing out massively. Yeah. The other thing for them is they have to win. Yeah. So they're still not guaranteed of their spot no. in the eight. And that's what scares me about, not Gaff from a West Coast perspective, but that midfield unit of Shuey, Tim Kelly, you know, these she, type of guys, yeah. like sometimes there is that sort of management. Like Gaff plays so much time on ground and he's such a fit player. Yeah. That he's sort of immune to this, you know, condensed fixture. It doesn't really... In- impact his style of play. Yeah. But we have, you know, we've seen it with Dangerfield, MJ. These yeah. explosive guys. Again, Cripps, clearly the matchup with GWS puts me immediately off him. Mm. I know he copped a knock yesterday and he dished a massive knockout too to poor Chris Main. But yeah. you just have to be really cautious of these guys that um, can play that mid-forward split role. Yeah. Because clearly in the Frio game, once they realized they weren't going to win, there was no point smashing that five up no. against the ball in the midfield. The job was done. Luke Ryan, especially in Supercoach, he'd been a fantastic pick. And again, once the game was iced, he was out. He just had to sit out the rest of the game. So I really want teams that are competitive. And the hard part is, MJ, we've already ruled out six teams because you're not going to trade a player in who's on the bye this week. So the teams I look at that really have something to play for, as funny as it sounds, Adelaide definitely do. Yep. Essendon, there's a lot of traction about we've got to finish this season strong. We know Rutten's taking over the helm you know, completely. Richmond can almost do whatever they want. Yeah. Because they're probably going to win regardless of you know whether a dust is forward. They're just sort of a So well coached, yeah. Melbourne, hard thing is Petrarca and Oliver, they're probably going to get that DeBoer attention. DeBoer hit, and a lot of people already have them. Yep. Carlton have a lot to play for, and I think the one that um, you know he's flown under the radar because he was so good last year is Sam Walsh. Again, it is a little bit risky. It is certainly risky, but the footy he's playing, MJ, he's just in ripping form. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and he's not—he hasn't shown the massive ceiling game. Like, he hasn't got a ton in in DT this year, but you just know that he can. Like, that is just the way he plays, and he's clearly built into the season. He's improved as it's gone on. He's averaging just under 72 for the season, but 83 in his last three. Again, Giants isn't a great matchup this week, but after that, he gets a game with Adelaide in the run home too. And probably the final one, if you can carry them, yeah. is a Collingwood player. Yeah, it's true. Again, a Maynard, a, cr- a crisp in defence that was the best he's played all year yeah. <laughs> by a country mile. So um, it's really tricky because the pool we're picking from is awfully slim because we're still managing these buys. But I can see a lot of people loading up on the Giants. Yeah, Tarantos, Di Canelios, your Greens. And even as we saw on the weekend, Jeremy Cameron looks good again. We know in wins. Such value in a best 18 format. Yeah, so I think, MJ, the pool we're picking from is small. Yeah. But I think in terms of clubs, but I think there is a number of players that coaches can get around and just hope that, like we said, for a couple weeks, you get a couple of big scores, and after that, it really doesn't matter. You've probably done your done your dash. Yeah, I think so too. All right, two questions I want to ask you, Kane, before we wrap up this episode. One is about a premium that's not been performing to the level we'd like, and there are some options around that might cost us a little bit, but are tempting. The other is about a cash cow that's absolutely flown. Let's talk about the cash cow. Jake Riccardi has had two sensational weeks. Probably doesn't have quite the ownership 
that we might have thought he would have, say he was doing this three or four weeks ago when that cash was so much more valuable. But now two good scores, almost got the Supercoach ton in this week. Is he still someone who's got money to make? No one's going to question that. He's still got plenty of money to make. But is he worth trading into your team if you don't have him just yet this week? If it means it gets you another body on the field in AFL Fantasy, in Dream Team, or in Supercoach? Well, MJ, this is a really, really tough one, I feel. we've Clearly, the run is incredible. Yeah. The Giants run, we've just harped on about that for a while. Riccardi himself is playing phenomenally yeah. well. He's not just marking the ball you know, beautifully in front of goal and kicking straight. He's actually pushing high up the ground and getting a lot of easy touches as mm. well. Again, he's got nine marks again this week. And we're talking about shortened games. Yeah. Like it's just, it's an incredible number. The really tricky part I find is, is what is actually a fair score to expect from him? Mm. Because, you know, I find it really hard to believe that it's an 80. Yeah. You know, I just, I just can't get my head around that, you know, for the last four rounds of the season, I'm going to get an 80 from him. Yeah. Again, is it a 60? Because, unfortunately, if you've already got the Whitfields, the Petrarchas, these really top-end forwards, the Brayshaws, yeah. the forward line's actually, you know, quite a shallow pool, um, pool yeah. of people at the moment, especially when you consider the guys that are on a buy, like a Smith, a Simpkin, and a Greenwood. Yeah. So you don't really want, you don't really want them either. So, I guess my, my thing I'm coming back to is, if you're strapped for cash, sure, and it's you know a Sam Sturt, you know a Skinner, you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, maybe it's it's worth it. The hard thing is also is if you're actually on your team when we resume seventeen best, and eighteen. Yeah, best twenty two. And and also, again, what's the cost of a trade? Yeah, because if he's going to score a fifty, yeah, and that's your 18th player, you know, that's something. At least you netted 50 points. Totally. But if he's your 19th player and his 50's pushed out of 32, then all of a is, sudden it worth, it's huge, is it worth yeah. 18 points? Again, I'd, I'd rather you, um, you know, trade a premium to a premium. Yeah. Get, get yourself a premium body on the field and just hope that in the final rounds, you don't have to rely on your bench. Because yeah, the hard okay. thing is, there's dead wood we've all got on our team. Yeah. Some of the dead wood is, you know, within 20 to 30K of Riccardi. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of the dead wood is, you know, 80K away from him. So yeah. I, I don't want to be spending 80K for a guy that, you know... I get a score of one or two revert weeks. to the norm of, you know, in the 40s and 50s. And I get, yeah, two scores and maybe I use one of them and maybe he pushes out a really poor score in another. Yeah. Um, I just feel like MJ trades are so valuable at this point of the season. Yeah, I agree. That I, I you know... Again, love it if it gets you an upgrade that you need and you can strengthen that way. I don't see too many other cows that are really going to come through. So maybe if you can afford an upgrade with, you know, paying that extra 80K or so for Riccardi, great. Um, But sideways, you know, a rookie to him, I just don't know if you'll get the points return that you're hoping for. Yeah, I think so. Look, in AFL Fantasy, is it worth the 50 extra K to take a Kavara up to a Riccardi? Look, Maybe it is, but again, we want to be looking at what is our best teams going forward and where can you get the best amount of cash yet? The run is good. The hard thing is, MJ, you're not going to get to cash him out at this point. That's the issue because you're spending another trade to cash him out. Yeah, and that's why last week we said the only reason you should get Riccardi 
is, and again, it's different in AFL Fantasy, but for Dream Team and Supercoach was it enabled you to do the upgrade you needed. Yep. And even last week, I was a proponent of actually, a lot of people have Draper at R3. Yeah. And he's a player that no one has actually access to use his cash. You yeah. know what I mean? Do you want to waste the trade? And that's why, on my personal, I, I passed on Riccardi for Charlie Combin mm. because I wanted the ability to trade Draper up yeah. in one trade. Nice. You know, swing Combin back in. But I, that's the issue we're having is you're pretty much bringing him in to be your insurance. Yeah. And I, if you've already got six forwards, I don't know if the insurance is of having that extra body for round 15, because I doubt many people would be struggling, MJ, to field 18 and round 16. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's the true. thing I worry about is, you know, I don't know if you get the points return bringing in Riccardi compared to the points return you might get in round 17 when we get a premium injury and you have the ability to sideways. Yeah, I think that's a good call, man. All right, last question before we wrap up this episode. We're keeping it short in these multi-buy rounds because let's be honest, you've got a short amount of time to make your decision. So let's talk about one player that's been underwhelming over the probably the last month or so. Todd Goldstein won't play this week. AFL Fantasy Coaches, like we said at the top, if you're an owner in that format, you keep him. Bank the 83 and deal with the issue in a week's time. But in Dream Team and Supercoach, there are a couple of really tempting options to go after. For just 50k in Dream Team, you can move Todd Goldstein to O'Reilly O'Brien, who from a ruck perspective has arguably the best run in Dream Team format. While it's another 200,000, I don't think it's worth it to go get a Max Gorn in Dream Team. But I like O'Brien. In Supercoach, this is where it gets interesting. I didn't think Gorn was that great on the weekend. And yet he still pumped out a 135. For about 150k, you can turn Goldie into Gorn. Would you be thinking about making either of those moves? Again, knowing the amount of trades and where teams are at is most important for the unique variable. Draper's likely to play, given he's getting managed on, managed off. But is that a trade we should be looking at making Goldie out for a premium ruck that looks like they're on fire. It's awfully tempting, MJ. It'd be awfully tempting. The thing I'd be curious about is, I think it all depends on structure. I think yeah. a combination a lot of people have is Grundy, Goldstein, Draper. Yep. But the beautiful thing you've got there is we assume that Draper's going to come back into the side this week after being rested. Mm-hmm. So you're already fielding your maximum two rucks. Yes. Where it gets really interesting, I find, is if you have a ruck forward in your forward line, the ability to trade Goldstein to any other position on the ground using dual position yeah, opens up. gets really tempting. Yeah. And what I think you've got to keep in mind if you can do that is you've got two more weeks of Draper. Yeah. You can use Draper. You're not going to be bothered for 18 players in round 16. Nope. So if you've got one ruck, I think you'll be more than fine. I think if you're smart enough with your other trades and you can leave a pool which is Unfortunately, the way Gorn's going, probably going to have to be around 300k. If you can wait two more weeks, I think, and you have that pool of cash, I think by using Goldstein and doing some other moves, you might have to take a premium that's, you know, I'm talking about a Josh Kennedy, a guy that's 100k cheaper than Than maybe those 500k players. But it all, you know, adds up and you're hoping that if he can get somewhere near, Mm. you can build this bank. Draper will probably max out around the 330 to 350 range, Gorn around the 630 to 650 range. 
I think if you can move Goldstein to a, you know, a Kennedy, get that cash that way, maybe it's another premium in round 15 down to another, yeah. you know, bargain basement, building this pool all the way. I think if you can go Draper to Gorn in one trade by yeah. saving cash elsewhere, now in those final two rounds, you're, you're laughing because otherwise Draper's about to run into Gorn yeah. in round 18. You don't want, nope. you don't want that to happen. Draper yeah. also, it's the Port Adelaide combination of of Lysette. We know how de- deadly he is as well. Yeah. Whereas Melbourne, on the flip side, he finishes with GWS and Essendon. Yeah, wow. Like, the ruck scores against GWS, MJ, have been insane. Mm. Again, the hard thing with Max is, and that's why I encourage waiting a little bit longer, is I want to see how Melbourne go performance-wise. Is yeah. they're still in the contention? Yeah, do they put how him away his or not? How his body's travelling, but... I think if you can use Goldstein, like I said, to actually become flexible with your other moves and build a bit of a cash pool, yeah, I think you do want Gorn, if you can, in those final two games. Because we know if he goes back-to-back 180s in those final two games, which is more than possible with those matchups. Absolutely. Um, that's some serious damage. Like, that's almost... You'd rather have Gorn and a donut than two average premiums. Yeah, exactly. The type of stuff he can do, especially with the captaincy. So... I think there's some really creative planning coaches can do, okay. and I think there's enough value in the format to take a punt on those guys that are 100k cheaper than maybe the premium that you would normally go for. Because, like we keep saying, you only need four games. Yeah. If there's one big game in there, and we know, you know, a Josh Kennedy or a Jack Martin, you know, these guys who are low 400k's in Supercoach, they're all capable of they matching it for a, for a month. Isaac you Rankin know, we, and Shoney can pop at any moment. Yeah. Exactly. So I think. Um, There'll be some really clever coaches who might be in a bit of a bind with, you know, the injuries. But, hey, if you've lost a Luke Ryan and a Josh Kelly and you take them down to 450K players, that's your 300K right right there there to take a Draper up. So there's definitely a lot of wiggle room you've still got. All right, fair enough. Hey, mate, appreciate your thoughts today as we're getting close to the end of the fantasy footy season. No worries, Enzo. Good luck to everyone this round. I know it's one we've been dreading for a little while, but... Hopefully we'll all get through pretty unscathed. Yeah, that's kind of the thought and the hope. We hope for you that everything does go your way, that those 50-50 calls absolutely land in your favour. Those cash cows, they just pop that little bit extra for you and that your captaincy call absolutely nails it. Uh, all the links for the articles are landing this week. Uh, you can check it out at coachespanel.tv. While you're there, you can join our Patreon army, support the Coaches Panel, and you can keep in touch with everything we do across social media. Until the end of this round, and we get ready for another one, good luck in round 15. We'll chat to you soon. <laughs>